0: Welcome to the Gregory
1: Out Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to our Wednesday night Bible study at Life Changers International Church. Thanks so much for joining me. It really is a privilege for me to come into your home and um, during these weeks of online-only services, it really is uh, drawing us closer together, isn't it? It's drawing our families together. It feels like I feel closer to our church. I feel closer to the people of our church. I'm praying for you. I'm standing with you. We're reaching out to you. If you reach out to us, you're going to get everything you need and then some because that's how God is. That's how good God is. But um, just a special shout out to everybody who's joining us online. And um, let us know where you're watching from. Maybe you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on our Facebook live stream or our webcast, lifechangeschurch.com our webcast. Shout out to Valerie Deborah. I want to give everybody a shout out as we get ready for our our Wednesday service. And we got special uh, worship for you tonight as well. You're going to enjoy the the worship set that we did in a, in a different way tonight. I hope you'll feel the creativity, feel the energy, feel the love and the, the the special attention given to worship in our church because Jesus is so worthy of it. And you guys deserve the best of the best to be able to um, experience worship together as a church. We really do have an amazing team that uh, is going to lead us in a few moments. You'll see. But uh, shout out to uh, Deborah, Monica, Vanessa, uh, Isabel, Linda. Thanks for watching. Brenda, Gina, my daughter, Iris. Uh, It's good to know my family's watching. Monica, great to have you, Uh, Kimberly. Uh, Isabel, let's see, Elizabeth, Amy, Cornell. Love you, Cornell. Where you been? I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, because we haven't seen anybody in a while. Uh, Brenda, Ria, Deborah, Vanessa. Let's see who else. Um, Linda, Neil, Neil, we're standing with you and your whole family and we love you guys and we believe for healing flowing in your household, in the Clegghorn household. Amen. Got your son here. He was a witness to that declaration. Uh, A special shout out to Maribel to uh, to Abe to Leanne to. Let's see who else we got. Uh, uh, Jenny and Lynn and Iris and Amy and Jan. Woo. Sam. Love you guys. Welcome, everybody. Helen Robin. Love that. I love all of you guys joining Cindy. Linda. Wow. Linda. God bless you. Great to have you back used to be here for years and years. I know who I know who you are. Uh, love you guys so much. And uh, Patr- Patricia, Gloria, Shannon, Nancy, and the list goes on and on. Diane, Diana from New Zealand. Welcome. And uh, C.C. from Des Amy from Brazil, Deborah from Kentucky, Robin from Kansas, whose hair is growing long like mine. It's out of control. Um, I feel that. I hope you know that um, this is coming to an end soon. I know this tide is turning. We've said from the beginning, we're going to the other side and we're nearly on the other side of this thing. But God has given us such a great opportunity to draw close in our homes where you can get your kids together. So get your kids, rally your children together, get everybody together watching and joining today. I got a special word from you about how to fellowship, how to fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. I'll share it with you in a few moments. But um, we have an opportunity here to really um, reprioritize our lives. I've been saying that for weeks and weeks. We have an opportunity here to exercise our faith with wisdom and we have an opportunity to really strip away the things that don't matter in our lives and hold on to the things that do and cling to the things that are the most important people and our fellowship with God, our fellowship with each other and I'm really excited about how God has been sharing with us about how our life is a story. I'll be continuing that on Sunday and really a whole nother story. And we're gonna look at it from a whole different perspective on Sunday, so you won't want to miss that. And um, let me pitch this right now at this time to our worship experience, and then I'll be right back after a few moments of worship. Just get your text somebody, let somebody know, join us at LifechangesChurch.com, and we're gonna worship God and enjoy this special few moments together.
0: I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. In all my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will see the goodness. night, You are close like no other. I've known you as a father. I've known you as a friend. And I have lived in the goodness.
1: Isn't he? Our Lord is so great. And I love that song. And I'm so thankful for our team doing that song because the words it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. And as I as I shared a few weeks ago, this virus that uh, was spread around the world, it's an attack against the respiratory system. Right. So it's an attack against the lungs. And what is it really? It's really an attack against praise. It's an attack against the praise the people's ability to praise God with their lungs. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. So I want to pray for you right now. I want to pray for your respiratory system. I want to pray for your family's respiratory system. I want to pray for all your loved ones and the people that you're connected to, all of the members of our church, all of our friends and partners connected to our global life changers community and Gregory Dicow Ministries community all around the world. We, we're praying for you right now. And Lord, I thank you that you said we could ask anything in Jesus name. And I'm asking you to strengthen each person within the sound of my voice and each person connected to this church family around the world to be strengthened in their immune system, strengthened in their lungs, strengthened in their respiratory system. I declare that the breath of God is flowing through them, that the spirit of God is blowing inside of them and breathing life in their mortal bodies. Lord, you said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead gives life to our mortal bodies. We declare healing flows right now, healing flows in every respiratory system, in every person's lungs, in every person's breath. We curse COVID-19. We curse every virus. We curse every weapon formed against our praise. And we declare that our breath will praise God all the days of our lives. And with every breath that we have, we give glory to Jesus Christ with it. In Jesus name. Amen. Well, thanks once again for joining us for our midweek Bible study at Life Changers International Church. wasn't that, um, wasn't that uh, praise great. Wasn't that worship moment great with our team? And they they filmed that in a little remote part of our church building, actually, in our Hoffman Estates campus. And you could see they filmed it as the sun was going down. And it was just a, a really special moment. And I hope that you um, I hope you participated in and experienced it. You know, you can worship right where you are. I think we're learning that no matter what the enemy tries to do to stop us, ain't going to let no rock outpraise us. Right. No matter what the enemy tries to do to stop us from gathering, we gather online and we're going to gather on site soon as well. But no matter what the enemy does, what the enemy sends to defeat us, God bends to complete us. Right. And so. um, So let's continue to just rejoice and realize that God's got you. God's got us. We're together and we're closer than ever. And all that the things that the enemy has done is going to backfire on him. And there's going to be a season of restoration, a restoration of time, a restoration of money, a restoration of health, a restoration of relationships, restoration of businesses and jobs. It's going to be restored to you. I just want you to be encouraged today. And no matter what you're going through, you have a church family standing with you. One can put a thousand to flight, but two can put ten thousand to flight. It's not we don't. God is not a God of addition. He's a God of multiplication. Right. So we're multiplying the power that you and I have together is exponential. It's 10x at 10x every time with every person added to the church. Amen. Well, at this time in our service, we're going to give to the Lord in our tithes and offerings. And so I want to just take a quick moment and invite you to give. Well, you know what the Bible says, give and it shall be given to you. You know what it says, that he who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully, that we reap in the same manner in which we sow. It's in the way that we give, it's given back unto us. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. So I want to encourage you to take a moment right now. If this is a part of your, if this is a part of your heart, a part of your life, a part of your church family, then would you take a moment and give there several ways you can do it and the best way and the way that we want to really encourage and streamline everybody towards this. You don't have to do it this way, but the best way to give is online. As you can see, obviously, um, that's how most people have been giving for the last several weeks, even if it's been new to you. So um, visit lifechangeschurch.com/give. Open up another window: lifechangeschurch.com/give. And it's so easy. It's so simple. And as many of you that can set up for recurring giving, for um, just simply uh, the recurring auto debit giving, it's really a great way to give so that it's consistent with your with your income. And every time you get paid, just mark it how you want to how you want to do it every 10 days, every two weeks, whatever. There's many ways you can do that. But listen, I understand that there are people that are furloughed. I understand there are people unemployed. I understand there are people without jobs and we are not um, forgetful of you. If you need groceries, if you need um, supplies for living supplies of some sort, let us know. Our food pantry is open. We have food, we have supplies and um, we're going to keep refreshing it and keep resupplying it every time there's a, a need. We want to empty it. So come and get it and come and get your love, as they said. Uh, right. But um, we're here for you. And if you're in need in that way, that there's, there should be no shame. I don't want you to feel shame. I don't want you to feel don't feel embarrassed. Or if you've gotten the covid 19 coronavirus, there's nothing to be uh, shamed, ashamed about. It's not like, oh, you, your faith didn't work. No, that's nonsense. I probably had it already. I'm I'm hoping not to get it because I probably already had it. Um, most of us might have had it without even knowing it. Some and some of us had it with knowing it. A lot of people have been tested for it and they had it. And a lot of people that haven't been tested have had it. So it's not a death sentence. It's not a leprosy. It's not. Oh, you're you know, you're the bad person or you're the person that didn't wash your hands enough. Or you're the person that didn't didn't um, stand, you know, social distance enough. Or you're the person that didn't you know, sneeze in the right way, like we can't shame one another. I hear people calling the police on one another in certain cities. And that's just nonsense. Like, just mind your own business. Do what you're supposed to do. Be responsible for yourself. All right. Enough on that. Um, but nothing to be ashamed of. OK. And when we come back to church on site, we're going to have all the CDC recommendations in place. We already have those in place. And um, there's not anything to be afraid of anyway, because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. OK, the other ways you can give are uh, text to give seven, seven, nine, seven, seven. You can mail in at twenty five hundred Beverly Road, Hoffman Estates, six zero one nine two. You can um, drop off your seed, your ties, your offerings at our Hoffman State's campus or our downtown campus Tuesday to Saturday from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Hoffman campus Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 30 p.m. OK, um, and let's get into the teaching of God's word. All right. I, I just I bless your seed. I just declare that you plant and then we water in prayer. We, you plant your seed, we water your seed with prayer and God gives the increase. First Corinthians three, verse six says God gives the increase. Expect increase. Expect increase. Stop listening. I want somebody to hear this. I want everybody to hear this, but stop listening to the devil that you're going down. No, you're going up. You're not going under. You're going over. You're not the tail. You're the head. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. You're going to do better. You're going to come out of this better than you were. And I declare and prophesy over you be made whole in Jesus name. Amen. Woo. All right. Let's get into the teaching God's word. Special shout out to um, Abana and Jim and Jan and Elizabeth and Jenny and Deborah Monique and Becky. God bless you, Becky. Uh, Patty standing with you, Steve and Patty Demos, Pamela um, Tess Josiah. Um, I know that we're taking time, but you you you're, you matter your name matters to me. It matters to God. I'm so glad you're here. Tessa and Thomas and Martha and um, and Ria and Linda and Dwight and Jan and Brenda and Elaine and Theodora. And man, the list goes on. Laura, God bless you. So happy that you're here. Um, All you guys. I could just go on. And on. like I said, Christine, Sophia um, and Jim and Barbara, Elaine Caron. Deborah. Wow. Love you guys. And um, keep uh, keep writing us. Keep keep commenting. Keep letting us know um, where you're watching from, where you're joining us from. Josie. Welcome Arlene. Welcome. And um, so many more Stan. Love you, Stan. You are the man. I'm proud of you, man. Keep uh, staying close, staying connected. All right. Um, we're going to get into the teaching God's word. Today I want to talk to you about um, how to fellowship with Jesus, how to fellowship with Jesus. You know, we've all had maybe you feel like you've had more time to yourself and more time to pray. And you're wondering, how do I pray better? How do I fellowship with God? And and the angle that I'm going to be sharing it from is probably different than what you're used to, because we're not I'm, what I'm focused on is not just how much time you spend with God, but I want to I want you to have an experience with God. I want you to experience God, not just um, do your devotional to God, not just um, have a a ritual of prayer, not just have a, a moment where you're praising him. Obviously, we want to praise him and we want to spend time with him. But fellowshipping with Jesus is is so much better and so much bigger and so much more and so much easier Than defining an amount of time. Now, I spend uh, the first bit of time in my morning praying and talking to God and and uh, building myself up in my faith. But it's not about the amount of time. It's about your understanding. You know, the Bible says understanding is more precious than silver and gold. And it says that um, when Solomon, when the Lord appeared to Solomon, he said, ask me anything and I'll grant you whatever you request of me. And Solomon said, what could I ask of you, Lord, other than wisdom and understanding to lead your people better? And God said, because you've asked for this, for wisdom and for understanding, I'm going to give you all the other things. So you see, there was in one sense a shortcut to Solomon having everything he ever desired. And that was by asking God for wisdom to serve other people. I think when you ask God for wisdom to serve other people, he's going to give you so much more because wisdom always has inventions with it and ideas with it and smarter ways to live. And um, it gives you the advantage in life, the wisdom of God. It gives you the advantage of life. The Bible says when the axe is dull, when the axe, when the knife or when the axe is dull, when the blade is dull, you have to exert more force. Everybody knows if you use a dull knife, it's a lot harder to cut through something. But when the when the when the knife is sharp, you can you can cut through it effortlessly. And more people I used to work in a kitchen, I used to be um, on the kitchen staff, I started as a dishwasher, my first job. And um, and then I was a cook and assistant to the chef and all these. I, I know what it's like to run a kitchen. And it was always the people that cut themselves always cut themselves with dull knives, not with sharp knives, because with a dull knife, you have to exert more force and there's more of a chance to mess it up um, and to miss. So um, wisdom is a sharpened life. Wisdom is the sharp life so that you can cut through life without having to exert so much energy. That's not my point today, but just a a little seed of 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 wisdom or a little nugget of of truth that I hope encourages you. but fellowshipping with God is is so much bigger than like just defining a moment in prayer. So let me talk about it. Let me take you to um, a scripture in um, first Corinthians, chapter one, verse nine. First Corinthians, chapter one, verse nine. And I want and I really want to help you to understand how I fellowship with Jesus and what that means to me, what that means based on the words in the Bible, because we get these words and we're sometimes we use them in ways that the Bible never intended them to be used. But he says in one Corinthians chapter one, verse nine, God is faithful. Boy, I love that. I love that. Can you just say that with me wherever you are watching? Just say God is faithful. Say that God is faithful. Amen. Don't you miss me telling you to repeat after me? Don't you miss that live and in person? But um, we'll have that again, even if you don't miss it. You're still coming. All right. Um, But he said, God is faithful through whom you were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. First of all, all fellowship starts with the faithfulness of God. All prayer starts with the faithfulness of God. God is faithful. God is faithful. God is faithful. Do you know that God's not faithful because you're faithful? God is faithful. You know why? Get ready, because God is faithful. God is faithful because God is faithful. He's not faithful when you're faithful. He's faithful all the time. He's faithful to carry out his promise. He's faithful to satisfy his people's desire. In fact, the Bible says he satisfies every living thing. God satisfies every living thing. Now, you might not be receiving his supply, but if you will receive his supply, you'll be satisfied when you look for your supply some other way other than from God. When you look to people to supply your need, your emotional need, your your love for yourself, you need God's love to love yourself, to be able to love others as well. But um, God is faithful. Every every bit of fellowship every bit, every bit of what I'm talking about and every bit of what you need in your life starts with this. These three words. God is faithful. You want to know how to make it through this storm? Know that God is faithful. You want to know how to make it through anxiety? Know that God is faithful. You know how to you want to know how to make it through your darkest night. Know that God is faithful. You want to know what to know when you don't know what to do. God is faithful. When you're not sure what to do, God is faithful. When it feels like heaven is silent, God is faithful. When it feels like you have screwed up your life and ruined it, God is faithful. When you feel like and you know for a fact you've been unfaithful, God is faithful. When your wife's been unfaithful and your husband's unfaithful, God is faithful. When your job or your boss or someone's been unfaithful to you, God is faithful. You understand what I'm saying? God is faithful. It doesn't matter what anybody else does. God is going to stay true and God is going to remain faithful in your life. Amen. Well, we could preach on that for the rest of the night, but I got to get to this fellowship part. You were called into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Notice what he says. You were called into fellowship with his son. Now, I want to talk about that word fellowship. It's the same word in the Bible as communion, fellowship, communion, participation. It's all the same word, fellowship, communion, participation. It all means the same same thing. And if you can kind of connect the dots between fellowship and communion, you think about when you take communion, what are you doing? You're eating the body of the Lord Jesus. You're drinking the blood of the Lord Jesus. You're fellowshipping. With Jesus, you're fellowshipping with Jesus. Now, this is really important because the word fellowship and the word communion, same word, it comes from the Greek word Koinonia, 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 koinonia depending on how you pronounce it. For Abe out there, he, he'll pronounce it Koinonia, most likely. Most of us will pronounce it Koinonia, but he's the he's correct because he's Greek. But um, it literally is where we get the word coin from Koinonia. It is the word fellowship. It can literally tra- literally be translated as an exchange an exchange or the sharing of So to fellowship with Jesus Christ is to share with what Jesus Christ is and what he has to fellowship is an exchange. It's an exchange. Fellowship is an exchange. When you're fellowshipping with somebody, when we call it, I'm fellowshipping with somebody, we used to use that back in the 90s, that term. Um, What are you up to? I'm fellowshipping with some believers. (laughs) We're fellowshipping. Some churches are called, um, I don't know, um, Shiloh Fellowship Church or um, First Baptist Fellowship Church. Some churches have used the name fellowship, the word fellowship in their name. But when you're fellowshipping with someone, it means there's an exchange. You're sharing some things and they're sharing some things. There's an exchange of words. There's an exchange of looks. There's an exchange of food. There's an exchange fellowship. And um, this is really important because where I'm going with this, it'll make total sense to you because so many people have misunderstood what it means to fellowship with Jesus Christ. Does it mean you spend two hours in prayer? What does it mean? It means there's an exchange. There's an exchange. There is a, uh, a, a trade off, a give and take. But in our case with Jesus, he's the one giving and we're the ones receiving. We're he's the one giving and we're the ones receiving. And I'll, I'll show you what I mean by that in a moment. But let me take you to Philippians chapter three, verse 10 and help you to see it in this light, because now we're going to add the word suffering now here, because I told you I was going to talk about suffering and. Um, I really want to help us understand what suffering is, because we need to know what are we supposed to be suffering and what does it mean to suffer? Because so many people are suffering things that they really aren't called by God to suffer. It was, wasn't God's intention for them to suffer. Life might have brought you a form of suffering, but Jesus wants to fellowship with you and take your suffering for you from you. And he paid for it on the cross anyway, as we'll see, as we know. But um, in Philippians 310. He says that I may know him. Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now, you understand what that means, the power of his resurrection. But he says that I may know him. That word to know him is an intimate word that I may know him. And you can't know him without believing in his resurrection and believing in the power of his resurrection, that I may know him and that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. So God wants you to know him and he wants you to know his power and the fellowship of his sufferings. Again, the word is koinonia fellowship of his sufferings koinonia. Now we know Jesus suffered and it says being conformed to his death. It doesn't say being conformed to your death. The suffering he's talking about here has nothing to do with you dying. It has to do with his death. We're conformed or we're molded into his death. That's what the word conform means. We're molded in to Jesus' death. We fellowship with his sufferings, so we exchange with his sufferings. There's an exchange. We felt the word fellowship is to exchange, communion. So what we're doing is we're exchanging our suffering for his. We're exchanging. Let me show you what I mean by that. In um, First Corinthians 10, verse 16, he uses this word again, communion, the cup of blessing. Let me read this to you from the new um, the new King James version. The cup of blessing which we bless is not the is this not the communion of the blood of Christ. See what he says there, he says the cup of blessing which we bless. So it's a cup of blessing. Communion is a cup of blessing. It's not a cup of suffering. It's a cup of blessing because we're drinking his suffering and therefore we're receiving his blessing. We're drinking his suffering. We're receiving his blessing. And so he calls it the cup of blessing which we bless. Is this not communion of the blood of Christ? and the bread which we break. Is this not the communion of the body of Christ or the fellowship of the body of Christ? We're fellowshipping with his body. We're fellowshipping with his blood. And what are we getting as a result? Blessing. What is what is his what is his body and his blood represent suffering? So when we take communion We're drinking his suffering. We're not going out and and suffering from the devil or suffering from sickness or suffering from disease or suffering from pain. Those sufferings are real, but we don't have to keep them. Jesus wants to exchange those for his suffering. He takes he took his suffering so that you you don't have. He took your suffering and suffered for you so that there could be an exchange. This is what fellowshipping with Jesus Christ actually means. What if I prayed? Let me ask you something. What if I prayed for twenty four hours today? But I had no idea about the fact that Jesus took my sin and gave me his righteousness. My twenty four hours of prayer would not do a thing because without This exchange prayer doesn't mean anything. Prayer can't accomplish anything. Prayer is in vain. It's empty. It's meaningless. There's 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 nothing to pray until you're first the righteousness of God and you can't be the righteousness of God until you fellowship with Jesus and you don't fellowship with Jesus by spending this enormous amount of time with him, although spending time with him is wonderful. But our fellowship with him is accepting the exchange, accepting the deal, accepting the trade. Well, if you get a hold of this, I'm telling you, your life will be changed forever. Um, let me show you what it is. When we talk about this exchange, and I hope that makes sense to you, it's a cup of blessing, it's not a cup of suffering. It was a cup of suffering for Jesus so that it could be a cup of blessing for you. It was a cup of pain for Jesus, so it could be a cup of mercy for you. It was a cup of sour wine for Jesus so that it could be a life of sweet wine for you. You see, that's what it means to fellowship with Jesus, to accept the exchange, to accept the exchange, to share in the exchange, to commune with the exchange. If if he suffered. Then why would we have to suffer more suffering to pay for our well, God's causing you to go through that suffering to teach you something? No, 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 no. Now, suffering is real in this world, but we have to learn how to fellowship with Jesus so that we can receive the exchange and say, Lord, I'm going through the suffering, but you took it for me. So I'm 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 sharing it with you so that I can so that you can share and I'm going to share your blessing. You're going to share your blessing with me. He, this is his offer. That's why he said, take this cup as often as you eat the bread and drink this cup, do it in remembrance of me. What does he call it here in verse 16? The cup of blessing. It's not the cup of suffering. Jesus took the cup of suffering for us so that we could take the cup of blessing. Now, I know I'm painstakingly taking time to explain this because so many Christians have it wrong and so many preachers have it wrong. And so many Christians have misunderstood. Like, I'm I'll stake my life on this. Not that that's worth much because Jesus already take, staked his life on it. But I would stake my life on this, that this is it. There is no there's nothing left for us to do except receive the exchange. And it's to live a life of receiving that exchange continually and giving him praise for it continually and thanking him for the fact that it is finished on the cross. This Christianity is mistakenly not preached in a lot of places. This Christianity I'm talking about this exchange, I get it. There are people suffering. There are Christians who lose their lives for their faith. And that is an incredible sacrifice. And and that is an amazing sacrifice. But that sacrifice doesn't buy them salvation. That sacrifice doesn't buy them anything. It buys it may have bought somebody else an opportunity to escape from so that they could flee from whoever was persecuting the Christians. There's there's a million ways that God could use that and turn that around. But my point is, is that there is nothing left that has to be added to the suffering of Jesus. Our suffering is accepting, like humbling ourselves and being willing to say, you know what, I can't add anything to what's been done for me. And that's that takes humility. That's the suffering. It's the suffering of humility, the suffering of accepting the exchange when you really don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. We don't deserve it. It's accepting the change. Okay. So you say, "Well, that sounds too good to be true. Can you prove that in the Bible? I'm glad you asked me that. Let's go to the Bible to, to prove that. Let's start in Second Corinthians chapter eight, verse nine. I'm going to go through four more verses, four or five more verses, and we'll be done. but I want you to see this, line upon line, precept upon precept. Watch this. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now he's about to define the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, he says, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he describes what it is for, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich. Now, let me just pause for a second here and ask everybody to patiently read the scripture with me and hear what I'm about to say, because I'm not here to preach about being rich versus being poor. I, I want you to see this scripture in light of how it represents fellowshipping with Jesus. There's an exchange here and I want you to see the concept of exchange. I'm not concerned about you seeing well, does that mean we're supposed to be rich? Does that mean we, nobody should be poor? I don't want to focus on that because there are plenty of other scriptures where God will supply your need. I don't want this one. I want you to see this for the spirit of this verse, which is that though he you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. What is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? That though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor. That you through his poverty might become rich. Notice there is a trade here. Notice there is an exchange here. This is what the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ is. It's an exchange. What is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Somebody would say, well, isn't that what? That's how we're saved. We're saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It's the gift of God. Absolutely. Ephesians two eight tells us that. But what he's saying here is. The grace of God is all about a fellowship an exchange, a trade, a swap. So he says, here in this verse, he uses these words. The only reason I'm using these words is because he uses these words, you know, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor so that everybody would be poor. No, he said, for your sake, he became poor, that you through his poverty, through the exchange might become rich. Now, I'm not here to define what poor and rich mean. He could be talking about poor in spirit. He could be talking about, even though in the context, he's talking about giving in Second Corinthians chapter nine, but Second Corinthians chapter eight and chapter nine. But that's not the point. Set aside rich or poor. notice what he did through something so that you would become the opposite. He took something, he was something, He was rich. yet for your sake, for my sake, he became poor so that what so that you through his poverty might become rich. Again, the point is not about rich or poor. The point is about an exchange is made here. And that's the principle of this verse that I want to drill down into your soul so that you get a hold of this and you understand fellowshipping with Jesus means accepting the exchange accepting the exchange, you know, you'll spend more time with God. As a result of realizing the exchange he made with us, than you would ever spend if you're feeling guilt and condemnation and like you, it's your duty and you have to pray and you have to pray enough and hard enough and long enough. You will you'll spend more time talking to God. When you realize how free of an exchange he has made with you, then you will ever spend time with God, striving to pray enough, do enough, hope enough. Be on your knees enough to feel anything to feel in any way better. Even if you felt better, it wouldn't make you better, you, but you will eventually feel better when you understand the exchange. So Let me um, validate this with second Corinthians chapter five now, verse 21. Again, a scripture that we're all familiar with. But notice the principle of exchange here. He made him who knew no sin. So Jesus did not had did not commit any sin. He made the father made Jesus who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So guess what? What do we see here? We see an exchange, right? We see the exchange. What's the exchange? He was sinless, but he became sin. For us. And what did we become? You got it. Come on. What did we become? I can't hear you. What did we become? The righteousness of God in him. What was the trade? What was the exchange here? See, this is fellowshipping. We're fellowshipping with Jesus right now by understanding this. What was the exchange? We exchanged our sin with his righteousness. How he took sin upon himself and became sin so that we could become what? The righteousness of God in him. It doesn't stop there. Let's go to um, first Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four. First Peter, chapter two, verse twenty four. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. 1 Peter two twenty-four. twenty four. He's he's taking this. Peter is taking this passage of scripture from Isaiah fifty three verses three through five because he understands the the one in whom Isaiah was writing about has come and died for our sins and risen from the dead. And it's Jesus. And Peter understands that now. Flesh and blood did not reveal that to him, but our father in heaven revealed it to him, Jesus said. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds or by his stripes you were healed. So notice an exchange is made here again. Again, this exchange sin for righteousness, but also wounds for healing his wounds to exchange and give you healing. He takes the wounds. He takes the stripes. Um, The King James uses the word stripes of the new King James by his stripes. You were healed. So what's what's the exchange in this passage? The exchange is Jesus takes the stripes. And what do we get? We get the healing. Now, I know there are a million questions go on in people's minds. Yeah. But what about Aunt Sue? And what about Uncle so and so And What about all these people that have died? And there are some things we're not going to have the answer to until we get to heaven. But we do have the answer to scripture. We do know what the scripture says. We can't answer what we don't know. Why did my relative die or why did my relative get this disease or why did my relative somebody, uh, a dear member of our church, their father died of a heart attack two days ago? in another country. And we prayed with them and believed with them for their, you know, for for comfort and the Holy Spirit. And everybody's going to die, gang. But the point is, is while we're alive, the way we fellowship with Jesus is by valuing and appreciating and honoring. And taking into full consideration and receiving all that he paid for us to have. It doesn't honor Jesus for us to stay. As sinners, when he's made this exchange for righteousness, it doesn't honor Jesus for us to stay wounded when he's made an exchange by his wounds, you were healed. It doesn't honor Jesus for you to stay spiritually or emotionally poor. When he became poor, though he was rich, he became poor, that through his poverty you might become rich spiritually or emotionally. Apply it to whatever you want. If you want to apply it to your finances, apply it to your finances. That's not my point. My point is there's an exchange here. Do you see that? Now, I know that you're saying, well, just I'm just trying to figure out how to, you know, how to make it through the next day. But we are called back to our original scripture. I'm going to pause here for a second go back to original scripture. First Corinthians, chapter one, verse uh, second. Was it first Corinthians? First Corinthians, chapter one, verse nine. Let's look at that again. God is faithful, say that God is faithful through whom you were called. You see, you know what matters more than. When is this virus going to end? When are we going to get back to work? And those things matter, don't get me wrong. But you know that you know what matters more than that? fellowshipping with Jesus, because that's what we were called to. God is faithful through whom you were called. You were called into fellowship. You see, so many people are seeking and searching for their calling is my calling to be a a nurse is my calling to be a business person. Is my calling to be a preacher. Is my calling to start a church is my calling to do this is my calling to do that. Those are those are vocations. Those are gifts. Those are talents. Those are ministry uh, abilities or life skills and 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 life vocations. But what we're called to. Primarily and first and foremost is fellowshipping with his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We're called to live our everyday lives experiencing this exchange, living in this exchange, living in this communion, living in this fellowship with Jesus, this fellowship. He became sin so that we could become righteous. He became poor so that we through his poverty might be made emotionally, spiritually rich. I I I I shudder to use the word finances because I don't want you to focus on that, even though that's a part of the covenant that, that Jesus makes with us. But that's not the point. The point is there's an exchange and fellowshipping with our Lord Jesus is communing with his suffering. He took the suffering so that we he he drank the cup of suffering so we could drink the cup of what was it in First Corinthians 1016 the cup of blessing. He drank the cup of suffering so that we could drink the cup of blessing. This is the communion. This is fellowshipping with Jesus. Okay, so let's 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 finish this. Let's 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 tie this up. So we see we see an exchange of sin for righteousness. We see an exchange for wounds, for healing his punishment for our healing. And then look at Galatians, chapter three, verse 13, Galatians, chapter three, verse 13, for Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. Watch this, having become a curse for us, for it is written cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. Why so that the blessing verse 14 says in order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing would come upon the Gentiles. Again, the exchange, the exchange, sin for righteousness, wounds and punishment for healing, the blessing for the curse or the curse for the blessing. Jesus becomes the curse so that the blessing might come to you. You see the exchange, it's undeniable. It's unmistakable once you see it in the scriptures. For, you know. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I want I want you to hear this because. Unnecessary suffering originates in our beliefs that go unquestioned. Unnecessary suffering and as we begin to close and I'm going to pray for you in a couple of moments here. But I need you to see this and I want you to get a hold of this, that. Unnecessary suffering originates in beliefs, wrong beliefs that go unquestioned, wrong beliefs that go unexamined, wrong beliefs that go unchallenged. When we attach ourselves to beliefs that are contrary to scripture, we will remain in a condition of suffering. But when we attach our beliefs. To to Jesus, Now we're fellowshipping with his sufferings. He drinks the cup of suffering. We drink the cup of blessing. He drinks the cup of sin. We drink the cup of righteousness. He drinks the cup of punishment. We drink the cup of healing. He drinks the cup of the curse. We drink the cup of the blessing. To deny this truth from believers to withhold this truth from Christians is the ultimate failure of Christian leadership in the world today. I'm not accusing anybody or blaming anybody and pointing anybody out. I'm just saying anybody who withholds these truths from believers is failing. To lead you failing in leadership, there's so much talk on Facebook and online and this prophet has this prophecy and we're living in Armageddon and the no, we're not. We're living in the tribulation. No, we're not in life. You're going to have tribulation. But then there is a period of time called the Great Tribulation when the Antichrist has complete control of the world. The antichrist does not have complete control of the world. The antichrist is not Donald Trump. The antichrist wasn't Obama. The antichrist is not the president. The antichrist is not the pope. The antichrist is not any of those people. The antichrist that the Bible talks about in the book of Revelation. Man, if I backslidden, i came off of my subject, didn't I? I'm talking about the antichrist now. But you you were thinking it, so I'm going to answer it. That We are not in the tribulation period where the Antichrist rules because the church is more powerful than the Antichrist. One believer is more powerful than all the devils in hell. One believer that's been washed in the blood of Jesus is more powerful than the devil. So that's why the rapture has to happen first, according to First Thessalonians, chapter four. And then the Antichrist will occupy while we're gone. Can't occupy now. Yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world today, but that's not the great tribulation, the seven years tribulation. That's another subject for another day. My point here is you are called we are called into fellowship with the son. Our Lord Jesus Christ and fellowshipping with him begins with accepting the exchange. You never have to live condemned anymore because you're the righteousness of God. Re- receive that exchange. You never have to live in punishment and wounds anymore because there's an exchange. By His stripes we're healed. You never have to live under the curse anymore because there's been an exchange. He became the curse so the blessing would come to us. Boy, if you get a hold of this. You will be fellowshipping with Jesus and in that fellowship is where miracles happen in that fellowship is where peace comes to your mind. And this is what I study in the Bible. I'm studying the exchange because it's renewing my mind. It's helping me to see from a point of view of I'm redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, the Bible says. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Christ redeemed us. He bought us back from sin and made us righteous. He bought us back with his blood from from wounds and punishment and by His stripes, because by his stripes were healed. And he bought us back from the curse. In that he became a curse for us. So that we could become blessed and the blessing would come to us. What are you dealing with right now? What are you suffering right now? Are you suffering under the condemnation of sin? Receive the exchange. Are you suffering with the pain or wounds of sickness or disease or punishment of some sort or torment of some sort? Receive healing by his stripes. Are you suffering from the curse of emotional problems, the curse of family problems, the curse of financial problems, the curse of of physical problems. Those are all the things under the curse, the curse of fear. Receive the exchange. Don't you see, you could walk up a set of stairs on your knees, begging God for forgiveness, and it would not do a thing to get you forgiven. Forgiveness comes through the exchange. He became sin so that you could become righteous. He became. He, he took the punishment and our wounds by his wounds. We're healed. He took the curse, became a curse so that the blessing would come to us. Well, this is fellowshipping with Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that you took my sin and made me the righteousness of God. You know what I'm doing when I declare that I'm fellowshipping with Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you were wounded for my transgressions and by your stripes, I'm healed. You know what I'm doing, Fellowshiping with the son, Jesus Christ, my Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm redeemed from the curse. I declare that this curse of lack that has hindered me all my life, this curse of insecurity and inferiority that has hindered me all my life, this curse of feeling inferior all my life. It is broken. Jesus redeemed me from it. And I refuse to accept this inferiority another day in my life. You know what you're doing? You're fellowshipping with the son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to pray for you right now, first of all, for those who have never received Jesus Christ as your savior and Lord. This is the first and foremost, most important thing anybody could do. We're not going to go to heaven because we stopped smoking. We're not going to go to heaven because we stopped drinking. We're going to go to heaven because we receive the exchange. Our sin for his righteousness. Pray this with me out loud, if you if you want to be sure that you're saved, pray this with me out loud. You want to be sure you're going to heaven when you die. Pray this with me out loud. Heavenly Father, that's it. Just say that Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ into my life as my savior and Lord. Pray that out loud. I believe say that I believe Jesus died for my sins and rose from the dead. From this moment forward, say that, from this moment forward, I'm a child of God. If you prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, then you now are a child of God, a son or daughter of God, and you're going to spend eternity in heaven with your Heavenly Father and with all of those who have gone before you, who accepted Jesus as well. If you prayed that prayer today, I want to send you this special gift. My gift to you is this book, The Power of a New Life. It's a Bible study that takes you through the next steps of the Christian journey. It's really simple. Just um, email us or social media, contact us, call our office. We'll send it to you and bless you with that gift so that you can. It's a Bible study. You look up the question, you write in the answer. It's really great. It'll really bless you. And i um, But let's make let's fellowship with Jesus for a moment. For those that are dealing with sickness, pain, feeling the effects of the curse in your life, feeling the effects of condemnation and guilt in your life, Jesus took it. Let's fellowship with him by taking the exchange. Take the deal. He's offering you the Michael Jordan for your three scrub players that have never even shot a free throw. Take the deal. Take the Michael Jordan. Obviously, Jesus is. So much greater, but you understand a basketball team would take that deal. What you're going to give me Michael Jordan for my three scrub players that have never shot a free throw. Take the deal. Don't wait another moment. Take the deal. Let me pray for you for whatever you're suffering right now. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's connected to me and to this church and most importantly to you, Lord, through the blood of Jesus, you have made an exchange that we can have communion and fellowship with you and Lord, for whatever suffering that my brother sister watching right now is going through emotional suffering. I thank you for your healing to flow because you already paid for it. I thank you for your blessing to flow because you already paid for it. I thank you for your wisdom to flow because you already paid for it. I thank you for your peace to flow because you already paid for it. Father, I thank you for your breakthrough to flow into their lives and your favor to flow into their life because you already paid for it. Lord. Release healing, we release healing in their family, we release healing in their relationships. We release healing in their emotions. We release healing in their bodies. We release healing and blessing in their finances, in Jesus' name, Amen, and Amen. Hey, thank you for spending the last 70 minutes with me today, and with our worship team, and and with our church family around the world, and around our Chicago area as well. And I can't wait to hug you. We are not going to live a new normal where there's no hugs. That's not in the Bible. We're going to hug. We don't you don't have to. But hugs are going to be available to you. Uh, I believe in social distancing for a season, but that season's coming to an end and I'm, I'm working with everybody. I'm honoring everything faith and wisdom. But listen to me. I heard a preacher say this. It broke my heart. I heard a preacher say this the other day. Hugging in church is gone forever. It'll never come back. Yes, it will. Everything's going to be all right. We're going to hug again. We're going to shake hands again. If you want a fist bump, if you want to elbow people, go ahead. Just elbow me softly. I got a little pain sometimes, but Jesus took my pain by stripes. I'm healed. Hey, I'm going to let you go. Thanks for watching. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Sunday. Bring a friend to church online. Invite somebody to life changers. Church, one of our services, 9 a.m., 1030 or 1230. And in the meantime, I'm meeting up with you every day right around 1215 live online through Facebook Live and through uh, Instagram Live. I love you guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for joining. Thanks for being a part of Life Changers Church. Thanks for all your support in this time and in this season for all the people of our church. God bless.